Welcome to Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. Here's to Your Health discusses the current thinking and wellness, bringing you the most influential thinkers in beauty, fitness, and longevity. Your host, Joshua Lane, was part of the Dr. Ann Wigmore team that helped bring wheatgrass, sprouts, and raw foods to a worldwide audience. And now the host of Here's to Your Health, Joshua Lane. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. Uh, I'm happy to say that my guest is uh, Dr. Peter R. Bregan. Uh, Dr. Bregan is an MD, and in conjunction with his wife, uh, Ginger Ross Bregan, they have a book which we've discussed on the air uh, in a previous interview called Global 19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And uh, Dr. Bregan has a lot to say, and also Dr. Bregan has a long track record of success in helping the American, I'll use the word consumer or public, uh, get better health care. And Dr. Bregan was the author of the New York Times bestseller, Talking Back to Prozac. And also, let me mention this, uh, Dr. Bregan is a psychiatrist and MD, and Dr. Bregan, almost single-handedly, or maybe really single-handedly, was responsible for stopping the uh, medical atrocity uh, known as lobotomy, which was so widely used in the United States in the 30s and 40s and maybe even the 50s. And that was a barbaric procedure that has been stopped. And really, if one man is responsible, that one man is the guest of the show today, Dr. Peter R. Bregan. Dr. Bregan, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you, Josh. I'm very glad to be there, and thank you for being aware of my past work. The, the, the fight against lobotomy that I did organize as an international campaign took me about four years working with Congress, uh, working with the Black Caucus of Congress, working with conservatives in Congress, um, was in the 70s, and they were trying to really revive lobotomy. Um, they had projects all over the world, and they had projects at all the major universities, and I managed to shut down just about every one of them. But uh, in those days, it was easier to get controversial, uh, you know, really anti-establishment uh, views covered, at least in some newspapers. Uh, the New York Times opposed my stopping lobotomy. It opposed it. It opposed it. <laughs> It opposed it. Right. Yes. Well, Dr. Bregan, if I could jump in here. So it's interesting how uh, you and I and everybody else uh, sees the New York Times as a progressive liberal publication. And yet, if you examine their history on many important issues, we'll find that, no, their, their position has not been progressive at all. It's always been elitist. Oh, elitist. The New York okay. Times mm -hmm. right. uh, personifies elitism. And in fact, the very this is very interesting, Josh. The very first mention that we've so far located of conspiracy theory being used to defend the establishment, hey, that's just a conspiracy theory, is the New York Times during the Civil War. Oh, I see. And uh, uh -huh. during the Civil War, there was grave concern that the elite of Great Britain were going to side with the uh, South. Right. In order to take down the United States, who had defeated them uh, not a heck of a lot earlier in the Revolutionary War. Right. And um, the New York Times said that attacking the elite in Great Britain was totally false. It was a conspiracy theory. 
Oh, that's great. So, I did not know. It's great. Huh? That's yeah. a heck of a piece of news, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it really is. Yeah, so, okay, so the Times uh, gets a lot of stuff wrong, uh, which is interesting, and that's being pointed out today. Now, so you have, you wrote an authoritative book on problems with COVID-19, very nicely researched, called COVID-19 and the Global Predators. And I would like to ask you one question about that, and that is uh, people have been wondering uh, in general, why there was so much uh, hostility directed toward ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, uh, why they were so widely attacked, even though ivermectin was a widely used and very well-liked medication. Uh, so, and I know in reading in your book, I noticed that you had a nice discussion of that. And so, for the listeners of Here's to Your Health, our guest is Dr. Peter Bregan, an MD, author of the very influential book called Talking Back to Prozac. And we're now discussing his new book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. So why is it that there was so much attack on ivermectin? Yes, and hydroxychloroquine. Yes. Uh, first, let me say that both books co-authored by my wife, Ginger Ross Bregan. Yes. I do the writing and we both do the research, and we both come up with the ideas, and we both talk about these things throughout the day, every day of our lives. So she's a, a total partner in my thinking and my work and editing the writing, just as we're doing this morning um, on, on a couple of projects. Um, so it's by Peter R. Bregan and Ginger Ross Bregan. All righty. Um, the, there are many reasons why ahead of time... This was all set up, and I do go into it in such detail. I think people say in a very interesting, almost a, a thriller way at times in our book, which is very documented, over a thousand citations. Oh, and by the way, the introductions to our book, three introductions by, by top people in the COVID-19 area, Peter McCullough, uh, Zev Zelenko, who is now deceased, uh, Lee Leet. And uh, the book got endorsed by Bobby Kennedy Jr. Um, as the deepest dive into what's going on behind COVID. He did that even as he was just publishing his own fabulous book, right. the um, um, Real Anthony Fauci. Um, the, going back 10 years, it, all this was planned. They developed and set up through the U.S. government uh, the uh, Emergency Use Authorization System, the EUA, the Emergency Use. That would be that the next time there was a pandemic or, or a military crisis or any, any sort of, of health uh, crisis, they would be able to rush through uh, the FDA um, vaccines or treatments or drugs without virtually any serious examination of them, that all they needed was uh, uh, hope, basically, that the drugs might work. And uh, this was set up purposely by the billionaires, Bill Gates, a leading person, by the uh, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, and by the World Health Organization, which is uh, basically backed by the Chinese communists and the uh, Bill Gates crew working together, very closely together, by the way. Um, they uh, ended up getting around the world these legislations, which were 
modeled after the U.S., that the government could go ahead and spend billions of dollars on a hunch that a drug was going to work and never do a real controlled clinical trial to prove its value. Now, the problem that they had to face is that all sort, all such emergency um, legislation in almost any field uh, can only be utilized if there aren't readily available, already proven safe approaches. So if they had allowed hydroxychloroquine first and then ivermectin second to be used, then they could, uh, and, uh, and it proved effective as it would have. They're very effective for, for respiratory illnesses like this and turned out to be extremely effective for COVID, for SARS-CoV-2. If you had an effective treatment, you could not do an emergency use authorization. That's in the books. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. You can't take all these risks if you've got something safe and, and uh, effective that's been around for a long, long time. Both these drugs are very cheap. So that was another problem. We would replace all the very expensive drugs that they are pushing through in addition to the vaccines. Um, so that would have not obviously been good for the billionaires who were planning this whole project for at least. 10 years, as we document in the book, and really more. Um, in fact, they planned it so well that Gates announced very early on, 8, 9, 10 years ago, that, that his two drugs were the Moderna and the uh, Pfizer vaccines, even though they hadn't been developed yet. And uh, so billionaires around the world were investing in those drugs and joining Bill Gates and working with him. And that's exactly what happened. We got these very deadly drugs, uh, very deadly pseudo vaccines, uh, uh, from, from the uh, Moderna and from Pfizer. And this is how carefully all this was laid out. So those are, there's two reasons why they couldn't use hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. One, it would have meant that the, uh, You couldn't have an emergency use authorization to push through the junk and spend billions on the junk and make everybody wealthy while people got sicker and sicker. Um, And then there's the additional reason that it would have have ended the the widespread use, would have ended the uh, pandemic. Because these drugs in control clinical trials, in large-scale comparisons among all the clinical trials, these drugs pre- prevent 75% of, hosp- of uh, deaths and 85% of hospitalizations. They, they render the, the uh, SARS-CoV-2 less harmful than, uh, than a plain old flu. So they had to stop it for that reason as well. And mainly, they knew that the entire 10-year period was, was announced back in 2010 to be the decade of the vaccine. So all the tooling up that the billionaire and elitists, the World Bank and all the other uh, predators in the world, uh, what they were aiming at was to try to treat the next pandemic with vaccines, which had never been done before because there's too many dangers in it. And so if they were ever going to get a vaccine pushed through in the middle of a pandemic, which is very dangerous, first of all, you don't have enough time to test it. 
second of all, you're interfering with the natural immunities that are developing by injecting his virus, which then distorts the, uh, by injecting, uh, you know, these substances, which end up causing more and more mutations. I know there's a lot of material at once. I, no, 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 this is great. This is great. No, this is, uh, for those of you just tuning into the show, our guest is Dr. Peter R. Bregan, MD. We're talking about his new book, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators. And Dr. Peter R. Bregan, in conjunction with his wife, Ginger Ross Bregan, uh, wrote the book COVID-19 and the Global Predators. And Peter R. Bregan also was the author of the bestseller, Talking Back to Prozac, which was a monster uh, hit. Uh, to use that term, when it came out, it was just really shocking. People were shocked, and it, people read the book. And uh, Dr. Peter Obregan is almost single-handedly responsible for ending uh, the medical atrocity known as lobotomy uh, in the United States. And that is like a remarkable achievement, uh, and that uh, would make a uh, great movie as well. Uh, Dr. Bregan, so please sir, go back to the discussion of how we were, how ivermectin was suppressed because, uh, again, if we had those, a, a drug that worked, then we couldn't allow emergency youth authorization. That makes perfect sense, and it's the way you stated it was just very clear. I think everyone could understand that. Thank you. Now, these guys, the degree to which they plot and plan to make their next billions and to get power, they really want power. Let, let, me, take, let, me, let me really focus on that for a minute. All of the top corporations in the world Literally, pretty much every one of them are globalists. They are all globalists. That's how they get there. That's how they become top in the world. They have a very strong ideology and a ferocious uh, lack of ethics in taking a global, setting up global relationships, which enable them to take advantage of people down the line and increase their own wealth and power. I mean, this is the way the world has operated since the first great empires 200 uh, years B.C. This is how it's worked. The elitists take over. They, they build empires as big as they can, and now they can build them around the world for the first time, starting in World War II. In World War II, you had several empires uh, fighting among themselves and, uh, and against the, the allies, and the allies were trying to build their own kind of empires. I mean, many people... So felt that the United States was moving toward becoming an imperial uh, nation without necessarily seizing large bodies of land, but by controlling things with our military and our financial powers. And uh, more openly and violently, you have China, you have, excuse me, you have Japan, Russia, and the Nazis, all global predators, all wanting basically in their own in their own time to uh, to rule the world. They really talk that way, all of them. And then Mao comes along in China during World War II, and he wants to rule the world. Dr. Bregan, well, sir, let, sir, let me just jump in here. So uh, our guest is Dr. Peter R. Bregan, MD, author with his wife, Ginger R. Bregan, of the book uh, COVID-19 and Global Predators. Dr. Bregan, with the fact that the people who manufactured these new uh, e, uh, emergency youth authorization uh, drugs which uh, so many people in the United States and around the world were taking. And now, since so many people, so many physicians and uh, 
academicians uh, have uh, uh, said that, no, no, there was not good science behind this. It was a mistake. That's right. And you may have seen the article, I'm sure you did, in the Atlantic Monthly, uh, suggesting amnesty for all the uh, folks at uh, World Health Organization, etc., who are responsible for this, that they should not be punished. Do you think that, indeed, anything will change? Do you think that some good will come out of all of this? It depends on whether or not the United States survives as a constitutional democracy, because we are all that stands between this global coalition of the Western capitalists and the Eastern communists, uh, which is what essentially we're, we're being crushed by right now. And Joe Biden represents this coming together of the Western billionaires and the Eastern communists because he's so indebted to the Chinese. Folks, he really, his family really is, has gotten tens of millions of dollars from the Chinese communists, from the Russians, from other corrupt governments around the world. So uh, we have to unseat eventually, uh, hopefully lawfully through a, a, a better monitored election or whatever we can do, um, we need to have return to constitutional government because a patriotic, especially God-fearing, because that gives people a real sense of their own importance to have their belief in God, their sense that God is there, the importance of the individual, the importance of the nation, the importance of standing up for freedom. All of that is being crushed by the globalists. That's, Wait, that's Dr. Why Dr. Bregan, sir, let me jump in here. So let me ask you a direct question. We have, we have two and a half minutes left. Our guest is Dr. Peter R. Bregan, M.D., author of the very important book years ago called Talking Back to Prozac and a new very important book called COVID-19 and the Global Predators. With the information that come out, has come out recently in which some uh, of the uh, American uh, intelligence organizations have said, oh yeah, that we think it's really uh, directly uh, leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Uh, I noticed that none of them are talking about the fact that uh, the Obama administration shut down all that uh, research and then, but actually it really wasn't shut down even though I guess... Obama thought it was. So will there be a change Obama now? Obama opened it up. Obama opened up these collaborations with the Chinese communists making SARS-CoV viruses, opened it up as one of his last acts. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And uh, people really got to face just how much the progressives are part of the same cabal as the predatory capitalists, they're one and the same. It is a one-party government in the U.S. that is globalist. All right. And uh, Bill Gates and uh, uh, any leftists are, are identical in wanting to the, – the leaders. I'm talking about the leaders. The, the general folks, don't they don't know about this stuff. Right. Uh, and we have to revive a democracy which stands up against the World Health Organization, which – which uh, right now our government, our, our president is trying to give up our health sovereignty to any emergency with global implications. They want to who to take over. This is where they're going. It's bizarre. It's all on my website, by the way, bregan.com, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. You can read about the very up-to-date stuff that's going on with trying to make the World Health Organization the cutting edge of a dictatorship of the world. It's really quite bizarre. We document it in detail. There are many other scientists 
and uh, physicians who see this and are agreeing with this, and we have to reestablish a constitutional government. The globalists have said it in print. We quote them that the U.S., and especially folks, you know, uh, this is going to make some people shriek, especially under Trump, who declared himself to be an anti-globalist. The U.S. shut, you know, broke with the World Health Organization. That was very anti-globalist. And then the very first thing that Biden did was to rejoin the World Health Organization. Now, I'm not even sure I would vote for Trump because he even got, he got taken in by the globalists and ultimately went along with this vaccine business and supported pushing through the vaccines without any real testing. Really, it was a cover-up rather than testing. So we need a president who really believes in constitutional government. And if we don't get one, we may become really lowly victims Doctor, like a third-world country. Dr. Bregan, I must jump in. Our guest... Uh, we simply ran out of time. Our guest has been Dr. Peter R. Bregan, MD, which is discussing his new work with his wife, Ginger Ross Bregan, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, a very important book, well-liked by all the people who are doing important research. And also, as far as track record is concerned, Dr. Peter R. Bregan is the author of the bestseller and very influential book, Talking Back to Prozac. It's a great pleasure to have uh, Dr. Peter R. Bregan, uh, MD, as a guest of the show, and hopefully we'll have him back on again shortly. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right. Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Life Skin Gel and Herbs Concentrate, organically grown aloe vera, used by makeup artists working with Hollywood's most beautiful actors. Aloe Life Skin Gel looks great on your face and quickly soothes your skin, hands and feet, even blisters. Plus, Aloe Life Skin Gel and Herbs is Hollywood's secret. Available at natural food stores and pharmacies nationwide, online and at Sprouts, Clark's, Mother's and Whole Foods. Aloe Life Skin Gel and Skin Gel and Herbs, a great way to keep your skin healthy and beautiful inside and out. Aloe Life America's premium aloe vera brand and loved by your skin. Hollywood Secret, now available nationwide. More beautiful skin, Aloe Life. Give them a call at 1-800-414-ALOE. That's 1-800-414-2563. The very best in aloe, Aloe Life. 
Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. And my guest today is Arthur Furstenberg. Arthur is a return guest to the show. And Arthur is the author of the influential book, The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life. And Arthur has been working on problems associated with uh, technology, uh, and not just recent technology, but technology, how technology we benefit, but some of the downside to technology that people might not be familiar with. And there has been much discussion of problems associated with 5G and with cell phones in general and with electricity. And Arthur Furstenberg, again, has a definitive work on the subject called The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life. Arthur, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thank you for having me. So for the listeners who have not heard you on the show before, your book, The Invisible Rainbow, what is it that you have to say that, you can, that you've documented about problems associated with the use of the 5G technology? Well, the 5G differs from 4G, 3G, 2G, 1G in that much higher frequency, much shorter wavelengths, millimeter-sized wavelengths, and they are focused, powerful beams that track um, user devices, cell phones and, and, and other devices as people move around the beam from the... 5G antenna cell tower tracks you and uh, envelops you in it. And it's, uh, it's turning out to be very much more harmful than previous generations of wireless. And this documentation on problems with 5G, I was uh, watching C-SPAN once uh, and, uh, and actually happened to catch, by sheer coincidence, a discussion of 5G technology before a Senate committee and the uh, people from the uh, industry said that, no, no, they hadn't done any testing at all. And uh, the U.S. government hadn't done any testing. And uh, I was very surprised that they admitted this. They said, oh, no, we had no testing. So is that accurate, that indeed there's no testing to show that the 5G is safe? Um, that is correct. Um, <laughs> but there's plenty of peer-reviewed science it's been published showing that uh, millimeter waves are dangerous. Our guess that this particular uh, technology has not by itself been tested for safety, but uh, everything that we know about this radiation uh, it, it conclusively shows that it's harmful. Our guest is Arthur Furstenberg. Arthur Furstenberg is the author of The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life, and Arthur has been a guest at the show a number of times before. Arthur, what are the health risks of uh, 5G and 4G technology? Oh, that, that's, that's a big uh, question since it affects basically every system of your body, um, the, the, the fact is that, that our bodies are electrical. Our, our nervous system is electrical. The uh, pacemaker in our heart is electrical. The mitochondria in our cells um, is electrical. We have an electron transport system in the mitochondria of every cell, and that's the last st stage of metabolism. And if you interfere with electrons uh, being transported from the digestion of our food to the oxygen we breathe, 
that motion of electrons is interfered with. This is called electromagnetic interference, and every electrical engineer knows about this and has to design all our electronic equipment to be hardened against EMI, electromagnetic interference. Our bodies are not hardened against it since we did not evolve with it, and it interferes with all of our body's functions. Wow. Okay, so by interfering with our body functions, so are you saying that uh, the, uh, say, 4G and 5G technologies, uh, they cause, they can cause tumors to grow, is that it? Yes, not just tumors, but uh, you interfere with metabolism, you're causing diabetes, you're causing fats not to be digested, and get deposited in your coronary arteries, you're causing heart disease, you're causing all sorts of things that people that are epidemic in today's society that people are not relating to the technology they're using. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, pe- so, I mean, a lot of people recognize, you know, that eating processed sugar obviously is contributes to diabetes. There's not, and uh, tobacco is not such a good idea. You know, there are a lot of things now that are largely accepted as being, oh yeah, that's a problem. Right. But Except th- yes. that a century and a half ago, when there was no electricity, those things did not cause cancer and did not cause diabetes. Okay. So, so it's it's synergistic. Because you, know, you you start to interfere with metabolism, you react. You get sick from eating sugar at much lower levels than people used to. You get sick from tobacco where people did not used to get cancer from it. Okay, okay. And so, and now our guest is Arthur Furstenberg, author of The Invisible Rainbow. So, Arthur, you have been investigating this subject uh, since, for what, about, about 50 years now, is that correct? Oh, uh, not quite. Um, since about 1981 is when I wrote my first paper on it. All right. And you wrote your first paper because uh, when you were a medical student, you became very ill uh, from uh, medical procedures, correct? I became very ill from actually dental x-rays to begin with, and that uh, made me aware of electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic radiation, and it's it injured me, and as right. an injured person, I was not able to recover while I was in school because I was constantly being exposed to um, intense uh, electromagnetic fields from all the hospital equipment. Right. And uh, one day I collapsed and uh, <laughs> had to quit school. But before I did that, I started researching what was affecting me so badly, and I started writing my first papers. Right. Right. So you have. So you really are one of the uh, one of the most influential researchers on this subject, and you fell into it because of health because problems. Of to myself. Yeah. Right. From, from from both ionizing and non-ionizing radiation, and I discovered in doing my research that there isn't as much of a difference between those two types of radiation as people think. All right. Now your research today. Is considered. Uh, it's not. It's not mainstream, but you have a lot of people who agree with you. And as I understand it, just very recently, you have been in New Mexico, working with the uh, state legislature to to uh, explain to them some of the problems associated with 5G. So, what is happening in New Mexico? You and the group that you that you work with, or that you, or that you are the founder of. What exactly went on recently? And in the New Mexico legislature. 
actually, we're concerned right now immediately with uh, smart meters, not with uh, not specifically with 5G, but with smart meters. Uh-huh. Um, and we are hearing uh, from people all around the world who have been severely injured by what they're calling smart meters. And these are communicating meters. They're designed actually to protect the environment because everything's being electrified. We have all these solar uh, farms and, and wind farms that are going online that are supposed to decrease our use of fossil fuels. And in order to integrate them into the electrical grid, communicating technologies are, are required. So um, instead of uh, having your electric meter read once a month, they make it into what they call a smart meter, and that is uh, a wireless device that attaches to the electric wires on your house. And it is turning out to be more harmful than any other form of wireless technology. And we are one of the two states in the United States where the investor-owned utilities have not yet given us all smart meters. And, uh, Connecticut is the other state. And we are resisting it because we are now a refuge from the sort of problems that we're hearing from all over the rest of the country and all over the rest of the world. Right. Um, we're hearing from people that have heart problems, have strokes, that have uh, cancer, uh, that can't sleep, that can't think, that can't function. And, and uh, starts immediately after the utility puts a smart meter on their house. And they're giving us the opt-out, option to opt out of a smart meter on our own house, but the problem is most of the people we're hearing from had no idea why they were sick until they discovered a smart meter on their house, and they had no concept of EMF. They didn't know that they needed to opt out. This is injuring entire populations, and we're hearing from people that, that are saying, all well, the birds disappeared in my yard right after the smart meter Came, uh, came in, frogs disappeared, the, the insects got, got it, the bees got, went away, the bats don't come anymore, the, the trees uh, are, are, are getting sick, the uh, plants that I put in the room next to the smart meter are all dying. This is an environmental disaster, and why? Because it turns all of the electric wiring in your house to a large radio frequency antenna turns the entire electric grid because all of the smart meters are on the electric wires of everybody's house is connected to the whole electric grid so you have millions of frequencies being put on the entire electric grid which turns the entire grid into a RF antenna that irradiates the whole community so it's turning out to be much worse because it's no longer a point source. It's enveloping whole communities. Wow. Okay, our guest is Arthur Furstenberg discussing uh, the problem with smart meters. Because I can remember a few years ago, people were making fun of smart meter. Anyway, if you were opposed to smart meters and you're on your home, they were making fun of you in late night comedy shows. Uh, but you, you can see from the, what you just mentioned that this is really not funny. Now, what is happening in New Mexico? And do you think that your organization, I mean, what did the uh, 
What did the state senate, if that's the correct term, in New Mexico, what did they say to you and to the people that you brought to the meetings? Well, um, our public utility here in Santa Fe and Albuquerque and most of the major cities uh, in New Mexico, it's Public Service Company of New Mexico, P&M, and uh, they have come back. We defeated Smart Meters six years ago, and they're coming back now and applying a second time because the state of New Mexico asked an, uh, an ordinance, uh, they passed a statute, um, allowing utilities to apply for smart meters. They're calling them advanced metering infrastructure. It's a euphemism for smart meters. We are now not only fighting this at the administrative level because the Public Regulation Commission is considering this application, but there's a new bill that we're fighting in our legislature that, um, because the Grid Modernization Act of 2020 had no mandatory language in it. It said uh, public utilities may apply for smart meters. This new bill would make grid modernization plans mandatory, all public utilities, and we are in the legislature talking to legislators. We're talking to the uh, House Energy, Environment, and Natural Resources Committee, talking to the House Judiciary Committee, which is about to consider the bill, and we are uh, trying to educate them. So we've got our hands full. Wow. Uh, Arthur, our guest is Arthur Furstenberg, author of The Invisible Rainbow, History of Electricity and Life, a very important uh, authoritative work. Arthur, we have uh, two minutes left. So do you feel, based on the testimony that you have given and people that understand the the subject have given and the way the uh, ladies and gentlemen of the government in New Mexico, are they listening and are they concerned They're not yet concerned. They are beginning to listen. They're not yet concerned. They they all uh, they all have smartphones and they all use them constantly. Right. Um, so they have no no concept. This is bad for them. They don't. They don't. Uh, it's a communication barrier. But they are beginning to listen. We we are. There are also other parties in the proceeding before the PRC that are environmental organizations and we're educating them that this uh, may be not as, may be worse for the environment, may be a net harm and not a net benefit to the environment. Right. And uh, we're reaching out and trying to educate and we're trying to put this on the, on the map a little more. Uh, that's a, thanks, a very good uh, answer. Our guest is Arthur Furstenberg, author of The Invisible Rainbow. Arthur, how can listeners of Here's to Your Health uh, purchase a copy of The Invisible Rainbow and find out more about the work that you and your organization are, are conducting? They could buy it directly from the publisher, which is Chelsea Greed in Vermont, uh, or, you, or they could buy it on Amazon. All righty. Or they could order it from their local bookstore. All righty. Uh, Arthur, uh, how can listeners of Here's to Your Health uh, contact you to find out more about your work? They could go to our website, which is cellphonetaskforce.org. And there's a lot of information there. They could contact us through the website. Um, or 
or they could uh, send an email to info at cellfoodtaskforce.org. Thank you very much. That was our guest, Arthur Furstenberg, and we can contact Arthur Furstenberg at cellphonetaskforce.org. That's cellphonetaskforce.org. And Arthur is the author of an influential book, The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life. This is Josh Lane listening to Here's to Your Health. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Friends, take care of your skin using aloe light juice and skin gel. My dry, troubled skin felt better right away. It's my number one choice for beautiful and healthy skin. Using aloe light, aloe juice, skin gel, and lotion starts soothing and renewing dry skin and oily skin on contact, easing irritations on cracking skin too. Aloe Life Skin Gel is the best therapy without a prescription, feeling soft and smooth, balancing, feeling youthful. Use Aloe Life products, including skin gel, sold nationally at your favorite natural food store and pharmacy. Online, find the store near you at aloelife.com or call Aloe Life 1-800-414-ALOE. That's 1-800-414-2563. Look and feel your best with Aloe Life. Have you had your Carlson Norwegian fish oil today? Decades ago, scientists discovered why Greenland Eskimos maintain healthy hearts despite their high-fat diets. The high level of omega-3 oils in their seafood diet protected their hearts. Carlson Norwegian fish oil provides those important omega-3 oils. The same omega-3s from cold water fish support maximum brain power, immune strength, joint comfort, and our vision, too. Carlson, the very finest fish oil, is a valuable source of the important omega-3s EPA and DHA. Each teaspoon provides a full 1,600 milligrams of omega-3s. And its purity is guaranteed. Try it on salads and popcorn. It tastes like lemon, not fishy. As for Carlson, the very finest fish oil at finer health food stores today. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers. With your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me? criminally insane. Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne and I said Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? (laughs) Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. Nova Scotia is a beautiful place, and today to discuss something really lighthearted. Uh, Pam Warbach is with us to discuss why we should visit Nova Scotia. Pam, welcome to the show. Hi, Josh. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to have you on. Uh, doing this interview, I'm reminded of the line from a Joe Walsh song. I've never been there. They tell me it's nice. 
so that's what I understand about Nova Scotia. It's just supposedly just beautiful there, especially, I guess, in the spring and the summer. Well, obviously, I think so, but I'm very biased. But um, I'm, I'm born and raised here. And I think one of my things that I, I love about the province is that while it looks small on the map, don't underestimate us because there's a lot of ground to cover. And it's so diverse as you go from one end of the province to the other in terms of geography, culture, um, even the food experiences that you can have, the activities that you can do, the, the landscape. So it really does come down to what are your interests? And I bet you that we have uh, something to fit just about almost, almost anybody that wants to come visit. Well, in Nova Scotia, uh, Nova Scotia is known for, for its beauty, of course, but was it also known for, you know, the fishing industry and sport fishing and vacationing by the beach? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a fishing perspective, it is obviously one of our major economic generators here. There's a large part of the population that is involved or connected some way to the fisheries. Um, and with that, it's predominantly, you know, white fishing that's here from haddock to halibut, swordfish. Is, there's lots of shellfish. Lobster fishery is one of our major um, job sources that's here. So there's lots of fresh lobster, but scallops, mussels, oysters, clams, crabs. I mean, you definitely won't go hungry. That's for sure when you're when you're visiting the province. But yeah, predominantly uh, fish and seafood is very much a part of our everyday lifestyle here. And we we're happy to share it with the visitors that come. In fact, I just finished a we just finished a month long celebration in the southwestern part of the province that celebrates um, all things lobster. That sounds that sounds actually very nice. And our guest is uh, Pam Wabak and Pam is uh, a spokesperson. Uh, about uh, Nova Scotia. So Pam, is part of Nova Scotia, it was settled by the French and part of it is ruled by the British. Am I getting that correct? Yeah, so officially, um, you know, the settlement started here, the European settlement started back in the early 1600s. And at that time, one of the first official settlements um, was called Port-Royal. So it's located on the Bay of Fundy side of the province. But um, the the, it, the ownership of the settlements kind of went back and forth between the British and the French that time. Obviously, they were all looking for some new settlements in, in the New World in North America. But in particular, their battles ended up largely being over the rich fishing grounds that are off our coastline. So you had the French and the English coming in. Our indigenous culture has been here for thousands of years, and that's the Mi'kmaq. So there's a lot of interaction between them. And then around the late 1700s, um, the Scottish immigration kind of started. And in fact, this year we're celebrating the 250th anniversary of the ship Hector, which is one of the first ships to arrive with the, the Scottish immigrants who made their way, landed in Picto, and then gradually that Scottish movement um, headed up towards Cape Breton Island. So predominantly you see some of those communities today from an Acadian French perspective, we've got communities that you'll hear more Acadian French spoken in than English. You get into Cape Breton, you'll hear um, Gaelic spoken and even see road signs in both English and Gaelic. Wow. Wow. So it's like uh, going to Europe just right over the right over the border. That's, there. That, yeah, that's nice. exactly it. Far, and far more better value added and more affordable. Right. Right. And uh, in Nova Scotia, when we're driving over up you know, across the border, uh, do we need a passport to get in? Yes, you do. You do need a passport if you're driving or, or coming from any place outside of, of Canada itself. The good thing is that you can drive here. Um, you can drive via New Brunswick. 
that's the border between Canada and the U.S. there. We have a high-speed catamaran ferry that runs from Bar Harbor, Maine, over to Nova Scotia. Um, and you can enter that way. We also have direct flights out of Halifax, our capital city, into both New York and Boston. So th there's a lot of ways that we make it, try to make it as easy as possible to get here. And uh, in Nova Scotia is the, so in the, in the summertime, people fish and sunbathe and promenade. <laughs> and in the wintertime, is there, is there skiing at all? Is there anything going on? Yeah, there is. We actually have several ski hills here. They're, they're by no means like the, the Rockies um, by any means, but they, they do from a recreational perspective here. Um, our challenge, to be perfectly honest, is, is keeping enough snow around on the ground to, um, to have that skiing on a regular basis. But I often call ourselves, uh, we are a winter destination. We're just not your traditional winter destination. And there's lots of other things to do from beach walks like I said, the big lobster festival that we just had through the entire month of February. Um, there's lots of fantastic trails that are around cross-country skiing in the highlands of Cape Breton and snowshoeing we went there. So um, our wineries are open for touring. The, the capital city of Halifax has lots of entertainment options as well. So it's a, a little mixed bag. You just have to think a little bit outside of the box from a traditional winter destination. And Pam, is the are the wine is the is the is is it known as a wine producing area? And is the is the soil really fertile for wine? Yeah, definitely. We are one of only three wine regions in all of Canada. Um, so again, it's, most people don't think of us as a growing destination, but in in particular parts of the province, um, the, the the soil is unique from a terroir perspective conducive to growing the grapes. So if you look at, for example, a, a Malagash region or the Annapolis Valley region, they're affected by the Bay of Fundy. So those high tides are coming in and changing over twice a day. And by that changing, it actually brings in rich nutrients into the soil on a daily basis. And that's why we're able to have these unique little climate regions to grow our grapes. Predominantly, we're producing um, white grapes, so about 80% of what we produce are white wines, but they're very unique to the area. And some of the grapes that even that you don't see grown um, in other wine regions in the, in the country or around the world. So our, our, our guest is uh, Pam Wambach, and Pam is a spokesperson about the benefits of visiting or living in Nova Scotia. And Pam, so Nova Scotia, is it a meta, is it is is the climate uh, kind of marine? In other words, it's kind of warmer in the in the in the winter because of the uh, effect of the oceans? Yeah, it's a fairly mild temperature, believe it or not. The Gulf Stream runs right off of our coastline directly. So it keeps us as a fairly mild temperature uh, regularly throughout the years. So in the winter, on average, uh, our temperatures hover around the freezing point um, when we get that. But in the summertime, you've got great coastal breezes, there's low humidity. Um, so it makes it very comfortable for us, you know, from a Canadian perspective, mid-high 20s. Um, so it's very comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it's great to get around here. And like I said, you're never you're never more than a half an hour's drive from a, a body of water. So you always have access to those beautiful coastal breezes and that fresh salt air. Well, that really sounds very lovely. So, Pam, what agency are you with in Nova Scotia? So I'm lucky I actually get to work for the province to promote the Nova Scotia as a travel destination and um, very lucky in that part perspective. And for anybody listening, we definitely have lots of information available and you can find it on our website at any given time at novascotia.com. 
um, we do have phones that you can call up and speak to someone here in Nova Scotia if you want more specific information or emails. There's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. Okay, Pam. So once again, uh, as far as visiting Nova Scotia, most people really go really in the spring and the summer because that's really when the best fishing is at it and, and the best beach weather yeah. and the best time to kind of stroll around. Well, obviously our fishing industry, um, it, it's a 365 day industry here. So fresh fish and seafood is available all year round um, when you come and get it. Predominantly, a lot of our visitors come in the, in the summer season, but also don't forget the fall too, because the weather is still fantastic. And of course, those gorgeous colors on the trees throughout the entire province really do add to the scenic beauty of the province. Pam, that sounds great. And that's Pam Wambach. And Pam is a spokesperson for Nova Scotia. And once again, Pam, how can listeners of Here's to Your Health uh, contact your agency to find out more about visiting Nova Scotia? Thank you so much. I appreciate have you having me and hope to see you on our trip someday soon. Well, thank you, Pam. Thank you very much. This is Josh Lane. This is Here's to Your Health. And we've been chatting very nicely with Pam about visiting Nova Scotia, a, a really a very quite a beautiful province known for fishing and uh, out of doors and just great beauty. Uh, this is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We take a short break and we'll be right back after these important messages. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me criminally insane? Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry, and of course, the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne. And I said, Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. If you have any questions about the guests or topics discussed tonight, please give us a call at 818-707-0005. That number is 818-707-0005. This is Josh Lane. On behalf of the cast and crew... I would like to wish you a healthy and safe good evening.